It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. Always ways for you to get involved with this show. On today's show... We're going to continue my first NBA draft big board, talk about Chris Paul going to the Lakers possibly, and much more. But this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. So I want to dive into the rumors this weekend about Chris Paul and the Lakers. And as we get further and further into this offseason and we get further and further away from actual basketball, the rumors will start to pick up here. And look, no moves will be made. Uh, at least before Halloween, because uh, the deadline for the new CBA, they're not going to make any moves until there's a CBA in place, obviously. So we have two weeks here of a bunch of rumors, and rumors that might not even be even close to accurate or even close to what will actually happen, and some that will be exactly what happens. And And the plan and, and, and the job is trying to decipher which ones have meaning and which ones don't have any substance at all. So the Chris Paul to the Lakers rumor happened this weekend, and it caused a huge stir. I think it caused probably the biggest stir um, on social media as far as the NBA goes. And I want to dive into that because it's interesting, right? Because you have Chris Paul, who almost got traded to the Lakers years ago, and then the veto happened with the NBA, uh, which is still somehow people don't understand that story. The NBA didn't just look at that trade and say, oh, no, the Lakers will be too good. We're not doing it. It's vetoed. The Lakers and, and, and Hornets made a trade in which the NBA owned the Hornets at that time because the because the owner situation. So they had the right to do that. They cannot veto any trade they want to. Uh, but anyway, so he gets traded there. Then he doesn't get traded there. And now his best friend LeBron James is there. And so it makes sense to reunite those two guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the final LA rumor we hear about Chris Paul because over the weekend Kawhi Leonard said that anonymously said, and there are sources saying that he said this, who knows if he really said it, that he wants a new point guard for the Clippers. He wants an elite level point guard for the Clippers. Well, who is that elite level point guard that's on the market? You look at Chris Paul, and I know that their organization has history, uh, but Doc Rivers is gone now, and there's a new ownership group, and could you sweep all that under the rug with a whole new regime, whole new players, whole new regime, whole new everything? Uh, So, I wouldn't be shocked if before the CBA gets made up and and as we wait for content and people just start making up rumors that you do hear another LA rumor with Chris Paul attached to the Clippers. So sticking primarily right now on the Lakers, though, because that is the rumor at hand, would Oklahoma City trade Chris Paul to the Lakers? 
The answer is absolutely, in my opinion. I think that the the Thunder would absolutely trade Chris Paul to the Lakers. The bigger question in all this to me is would LA give up what is necessary, the necessary pieces to acquire Chris Paul? That to me is unclear. And part of that's because it's unclear how to value Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is for a, for a role player, for um, a nice little young player. He is one of the most polarizing figures in the NBA. You either love him or you hate him or you think he's overrated or you think he's underrated. And even Laker fans cannot make up their mind. During the postseason, all of a sudden, you they wanted him to be traded. They thought he was a bust. They didn't like him. And then you fast forward to the start of the offseason, and all of a sudden now he's untouchable. So even Laker fans do not know what they want with Kyle Kuzma. But they don't really matter. What matters is the front office. And what does the front office view Kyle Kuzma as? So a trade for Chris Paul to the Lakers would have to be the Lakers sending out five or six players and Oklahoma City only sending out one because you have to match the salaries and all that. So the Lakers have to send out, right, Danny Green, Quinn Cook, Avery Bradley, JaVale McGee, and then the centerpiece would be Kyle Kuzma. That would be the sweetener to get Oklahoma City to do it. And then possibly a late first-round pick. I would love a late first-round pick included with Kyle Kuzma, but I'm not sure if they'd give up all those pieces and a first-round pick. That's to be determined. But if but if the Lakers get desperate enough, if the market for Chris Paul heats up so much and the Lakers truly want Chris Paul, they could get desperate enough to give you Kuzma and a late first-round pick. For the Thunder, this comes down to Kyle Kuzma versus Kevin Knox. Kyle Kuzma versus Kevin Knox and Julius Randle. Kyle Kuzma offers so much more than Kevin Knox does right away. And look, I had a podcast a week ago saying how much I like Kevin Knox in a change of scenery, how much I think that he can rebound in his career, how much I think that this would do him well to, to be traded to Oklahoma City, and that I would be happy with a package of of Knox and Randall and a, and a late first-round pick. I'd be very happy with that package. But for the Thunder, you can maximize that by getting Kyle Kuzma. Because not only is Kyle Kuzma a better player right now, uh, he's only 25 years old, so it's a, it's a little bit of upside to him. But also, around the NBA, I think he holds more cachet with his name value because he played in L.A. that he would be easier to flip him, to trade for him, and then flip him for another asset later on. At the trade deadline or whenever. The, the argument against this would be those cap fillers are not the best. Julius Randle is a cap filler, but I still believe Julius Randle has value. Not to your specific team because you're not trying to win, and Julius Randle is not really a a rebuild type of player uh, because you're not really going to want him around for the long haul. But I think that you could trade Julius Randle for at least something at the deadline to give you back an asset. I think that you could probably trade Danny Green. I I know that, that he struggled in the postseason. I know he was off in the postseason. But... Any contending team would take a shot on Danny Green's ceiling of shooting three-pointers from a rebuilding team that will only ask for pennies on the dollar, really. Quinn Cook, you don't get anything for him. Avery Bradley, you could see somebody wanting Avery Bradley at the deadline. Maybe JaVale McGee, but but a lot of these guys are going to just get straight up cut because you have the the room in your your salary, and you might want to keep and prefer young players to play on this rebuilding team than a Quinn Cook or than a JaVale McGee. So it's interesting, right, this trade. And I think it truly comes down to Kyle Kuzma versus Kevin Knox. If both these offers are truly on the table, which again, to this point, it's just rumors, it's hearsay. But if both these offers are truly on the table, would you prefer to have Kyle Kuzma or Kevin Knox? And that's really your ceiling 
of return for Chris Paul. Your ceiling of return, even as good as he's been, even while getting into the MVP conversations, your ceiling is a prospect like a Kyle Kuzma or Kevin Knox, who you're hoping to take, to take a flyer on and maybe they turn into something more than they've shown at their previous stop. And to this point in their career, Kyle Kuzma is a much better player, much better player. But moving forward, who would you project to be the better player? And Kyle Kuzma also provides you the safety net, right? Because if Kyle Kuzma is not the fit for you, next to Shea, next to Baisley, next to Dort that you were hoping for, you can easily trade him. I mean, I promise you, as long as he's even somewhat of a good player in Oklahoma City, which we expect he will be as he's force-fed the ball on a losing team, then teams will talk themselves into Kyle Kuzma. They'll talk themselves into mixing what he did in Oklahoma City with L.A., and they'll trade for him, and they'll give you something good for him. Even if Kevin Knox is, is really, really good in Oklahoma City, does the NBA league-wide view that as he's only good because he's on a tanking team? So even if even if Kevin Knox is really good, can you flip him? I think you can easily flip, flip Kyle Kuzma. I think that Kyle Kuzma will be the better of the two players if you do want to keep him uh, and, and put him a part of this rebuild. It is so interesting to me, this trade. But but the big thing is to me is, is will the Lakers do it? Do the Lakers want to do it? The Lakers have an interesting offseason ahead of them. They're going to have Anthony Davis opt out and then re-sign with them, re-up with them, of course. And how do you build a team on the peripherals to get back to a back-to-back championship winning team, to get back to the title, and to win the title? Because you're going to have the Warriors coming back at full strength. You're going to have all these teams chasing you down in year two. I mean, the Warriors are back. Clippers are going to be back. Nuggets are going to be back. They're all coming after you. The Mavericks are going to take another leap. They're all coming. So how do you improve this team for the Lakers, and can you really do that by sending out a a five-for-one trade for Chris Paul? And again, you're not giving up much of anything. Kyle Kuzma is your biggest piece that you're giving up here. But you do need some depth, and and, and you do need some, some assets, at least. And again, I know Danny Green was awful. I do. But do you project that to, to, to keep going once he's back in a normal environment, not in the bubble, back on the, on the normal NBA stage? I just have so much faith in the track record of Danny Green that I think he's going to be a good three-point shooter for Oklahoma City if they do trade for him. And then Oklahoma City can flip him at the deadline to a contending team that needs more shooting. It is so easy to move off of shooting. Everyone needs shooting all the time. So we're going to dive into more in-depth Kyle Kuzma versus Kevin Knox after this. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation on ongoing ED treatment all from the comfort and the privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will, will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship you the real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash on and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with your doctors and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash on to get up to $50 off 
your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, I want to continue talking about the possible trade rumors about Chris Paul to the Lakers and how that could all unfold. And for the Thunder's aspect of this, it to me comes down to Kuzma versus Knox. Because the trade filler is nice, the, the salary cap filler is nice, and in Julius Randle's case, you would get a nice little player as a cap throw-in. But the Thunder have so much cap flexibility for the first time in a long, long time. They have so much cap flexibility, it doesn't really matter who they absorb. It, it just doesn't. It, what really matters is the flyer prospects. And that's how you're going to have to grade every single Chris Paul trade. Because as good as he's been, he went from you having to give up assets for him this time last year, to move off that contract, which the Rockets owner said it was the worst contract he's ever seen. I wonder if he's taking a look at Russell Westbrook's contract right now, but that's neither here nor there. But it went from that to, okay, now you're going to get assets in return for him. You're going to get assets to trade him away. You don't have to give up anything except for him. And still, though, that return is going to be a flyer prospect, someone who you take a chance on that could possibly boom in Oklahoma City, or yes, you say no harm, no foul. You got off of Chris Paul's contract, and you took a chance on a, on a on a young player during a rebuild year uh, and rebuild years uh, in which you weren't trying to win anyway. So, the two big trades we've heard about from various sources. This Lakers one comes from Bleacher Report. The the two big ones we've heard about is, is a possible Knicks trade that nets you back Randall and Kevin Knox. And this Lakers trade, which would have to be Kyle Kuzma as the centerpiece with Danny Green, Quinn Cook, and the like, JaVale McGee, and Avery Bradley. So it comes down to Kuzma versus Knox, because the trade filler is nice, doesn't matter. Kyle Kuzma is entering his fourth year in the NBA. He's 25 years old. He won the Summer League MVP his rookie season. He also was uh, on the 2017-2018 All-Rookie Team, and he's elevated his stock league-wide by simply playing in L.A. If you take Kyle Kuzma's resume and you play out his career to this point, the same accolades, the same the same statistics, the same everything, you play all that out in any market but L.A., and he's not held in such a high regard nationally. It's also hurt him a little bit because people are kind of sick and tired of hearing about Kyle Kuzma, which I understand as well. But being in L.A. has elevated him to a known name. And, and, and some of it's off the floor stuff where, you know, he, he's hanging out with Kardashians and, and he's, a, he's a cool guy. You know, with the, the young kids love him on Instagram, his fashion statements, everything like that. But all in all, he's been elevated by playing in L.A., which is no fault of his own. So I think that he has, he has made a name for himself and he's more popular than Kevin Knox, which would help in future trade discussions, I think. And again, he's proven he can do it on contending teams. 
I mean, he was he was pretty good for stretches this season. He was good with LeBron the year before, although they missed the playoffs. He was still good with LeBron whenever LeBron was healthy. And he's proven he can do it with good teammates around him. He's His career averages is 16 points, 2 assists, 5 rebounds, 51% effective field goal percentage, 73% from the, from the free throw line, 33% from three-point land, and 44% from the field. And you look at that, that's a good little player. And you wonder how a guy like Shea could set him up. You wonder how he would fit with a team designed for him and, and designed for a rebuild, which is what he did his rookie year where he had career-high numbers his rookie year. Whenever there was no pressure, he got the ball a lot more. There was no LeBron James, which is a great thing and a bad thing. I mean, LeBron James made him better. But also, from a young player standpoint, I understand where LeBron James is intimidating. Look, Russell Westbrook is a great player, right? And we can all agree he's a great player. But you go back to DeMonte Sabonis, and DeMonte Sabonis... You saw the flashes in Oklahoma City. You saw in Oklahoma City he could be an all-star. You really did. I mean, if you paid attention during that time, you knew that guy was going to be special. But every time he was on the floor with Russell Westbrook, it took some adjusting. He was scared. He didn't want to mess up. He wanted to do everything right for Russell Westbrook. He, he cared so much about Russell Westbrook in that way. And that's the same thing with LeBron. You care so much and don't want to mess it up for LeBron that you play outside yourself. And then Kyle Kuzma kind of settled into his role this season in year two with LeBron. So that's not a knock on LeBron. I'm just saying for young players, that does happen often. It really does. I mean, look at Sabonis. Sabonis showed so much, so many flashes that I was not alone in saying, well, I'm so glad we got Paul George and I would and I would take Paul George 10 times out of 10, but I would certainly miss DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, I said that the, the moment that they trade him for Paul George, you take Paul George 10 times out of 10, you love Paul George. Paul George actually resigns here for an extra year, but... You still do miss your young players because you get attached to young players easier, and you saw the potential as a bonus, even though with Russell Westbrook, he couldn't yet show it because he was still in that kind of puppy dog phase. I call it Sabonis syndrome whenever young players get like that with all-stars and legends and Hall of Famers where they get kind of scared and like afraid to mess up. But Kuzma had a little bit of that his first year with LeBron, and he's also shown flashes with LeBron where he looks really, really good. So Kuzma has shown that he can do it at every level, right? He can do it. On a rebuilding team, he can do it with a team that wants to try to compete and have flashes with the teams that want to try to compete to where you feel more comfortable trading for him at the deadline or trading for him next offseason if you're a team wanting to go for a championship. Kevin Knox is 21 years old, entering year two, as Kuzma's entering year four, and he has not been put in good situations in New York. He just hasn't. He has not been set up well. He has not been utilized the same way he was at Kentucky to make him such a lottery pick. And you feel like, from Oklahoma City's standpoint, you get Kevin Knox in this culture, you get Kevin Knox in, in this building, and you put him with Shea, his Kentucky, his Kentucky boy. You put him with a system in which you can build around him properly, unlike what New York did. You put him in a new change of scenery, and he can blossom, and he can develop into what you saw out of him coming out of college. And to this point, his career averages are 10 points, one assist, four rebounds, and 33% from the field. Uh, excuse me, 36% from the field, 33% from three. Not the best percentages. Again, not put in great positions in New York. But I think that he's harder to flip because I think that even if he does perform well in the rebuild, let's say he performs well this season and maybe even next season as you're rebuilding, but you still view him as a disposable, as a disposable piece because maybe you've drafted a wing that you love. And you put a wing with Shea and with Dort and with, and with Baisley, there's no more room for another wing. And you want to move off of him. And I think that you have a tough time selling him because people will look at him and say, 
Well, yeah, he was pretty good for a rebuilding team, but how much of that is just because he was on a rebuilding team? With Kuzma, if for some reason he does not fit with your future plans, I think he's much easier to flip because of his, his narrative around him nationally. Getting him back on track would, again, make him more appealing nationally and, and, and association-wide. So I take Kyle Kuzma here. If it was just between Kevin Knox, that trade package, and Kyle Kuzma, I take, I take Kyle Kuzma. I think he's a better basketball player right now. I still think at 25 years old, with a change of scenery, he can still take another step in the NBA. And I don't know what that step is, but I still believe he can have another step in him. I think he's a better foundation than Kevin Knox. I think he's a better trade value than Kevin Knox. So those are your two things right there. Foundation for if you want to keep him around for this entire rebuild and try to put him on a contending team in Oklahoma City, that's good. Trade value for if he's not a part of your future plans, you can trade him away for another asset. That's good as well. With Kevin Knox, there's a, a hope that he can be around for a rebuild and after a rebuild, but it is much, much smaller of a chance that, that he can actually come through on the other side of this rebuild. But it'll be fascinating to see the Chris Paul trade package. It'll be fascinating to see that. And I think that the LA thing is real. I think that LeBron loves him. He loves LeBron. And LeBron wants to go for a, for a back-to-back title run. And he has AD with him. He's not getting any younger. And he would be willing to kind of do what he did in Cleveland, just outcast half the roster and get back the guy he wants, which would be Chris Paul. And again, if the Clippers are looking for an elite point guard and then they start targeting Chris Paul, I think that you could see LeBron up his efforts to get Chris Paul to the Lakers. So I do think that this is real. And I think that you can kind of throw in the Lakers now into the group that are going to be vying for Chris Paul's Chris Paul's abilities and his, and his talents. This two weeks before the CBA, as you're waiting to hire a new coach, as you're waiting to get in the offseason, this two weeks will be excruciating because you just want to know right now what's going to happen with Chris Paul because it's so fascinating. But we will not know yet. We have to continue to wait it out and just cling to any rumors we can. What we do know right now, though, is that Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has released six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew with 100% chocolate on the outside, making them taste just like a candy bar in the form of a protein bar. Built Bars are great for a health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. You're going to want to get your hands on some Built Bars today. Those six new flavors sound amazing. They still have the 12 original flavors, which my favorite of those flavors has to be the banana nut bread. You need to get your hands on some Built Bars, and we can make it easier for you by going to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. That is Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. I cannot stress enough how great Built Bars are because you can use them pre-workout, post-workout. You can even use them as a meal replacement. They are that filling. They are that good. They give you a boost that you need, the energy that you need. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. That's that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. And while supplies last, with every purchase, you're going to get a free cooler. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. And let me know on Twitter what you guys think about Chris Paul to the Lakers. Is that a good trade package? Would that get you excited about Kyle Kuzma being in Oklahoma City? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I wanted to, to continue the NBA draft big board, which we will dive fully into and just finish out tomorrow. Uh, but we did have such a big topic today after the weekend to talk about Chris Paul to the Lakers. So that's why it kind of got pushed back again. But we will do one prospect today to to finish out the teens. That way tomorrow on Tuesday, we can just do 20 through 30. So, so far on the big board, we have number one, Anthony Edwards. Number two, Cleon Haynes. Number three, Big O, the center from USC. Number four, LaMelo Ball. Number five, Therese Halliburton. Number six, Denny. Number seven, James Wiseman. Number eight, Terrell Terry. Number nine, Obi Toppin. Number 10, Isaac Okoro. Number 11, Cole Anthony, number 12, RJ Hampton, number 13, Therese Maxey, number 14, Sadiq Bay, number 15, Aaron Naismith, and number 16, Devin Vassil. On Friday, we talked about number 17, Desmond Bain, and number 18, Nico Mannion. So we're at number 19 right now, and we will dive into our only prospect today. I'm sorry again for this getting pushed back to yet again because of the, the Chris Paul Lakers news. But we're going to talk about Precious Arwachios, who I talked to during the NBA draft uh, media availability, and... He has talked to Oklahoma City. He's He's been interviewing with Oklahoma City, and most people have him in that range. I mean, really, I have him at 19. That's pretty high for Precious. I'm just really liking what I'm seeing from Precious, and I think that as a big man, he can be versatile. He's 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan. He can be that versatile defender. He can do everything on the floor a little bit. He can stretch the floor as a five and be the modern big man that you need that that's really the NBA's trending toward because the days of winning with a traditional center, the days of winning with Steven Adams as your majority minute center, I think are, are further and further behind us as each year turns. And we've seen that in each of the last three postseasons. And so you do need that modern style big man. And while I think Darius Baisley has a really good shot to be that for Oklahoma city. And I think that that's something that should not fall under the radar is that Darius Baisley could be your your modern big man as we look at this draft and we've tried to replace uh, Stephen Adams with with Big O with Precious and with a lot of these big men James Wiseman. The answer could be slapping in the face right now and it could be Darius Basley, but we'll get into that later on on future episodes. Uh, but Precious does have a ton of, of potential to me to be your starting center once you want to contend again or to play that small ball five and to be an intricate piece of this rebuild because it's a ton of upside in the pick and roll game. He can do it all. He can finish at the rim. He's athletic. He can roll. He has a great ability and great timing whenever he's trying to cut to the basket. He also has a ton 
of defensive ability. His motor is off the charts. He can shut you down in the paint. He can also switch and be versatile. And again, he's rough around the edges defensively. But my biggest thing is effort, and I see him giving effort at college every single game. I see him trying. I see him trying to improve. And that's all you really need because for an athletic guy like Precious, as long as he's hustling defensively and with that 7-2 wingspan to have the framework to be a versatile defender and to switch on to wings, we can teach him the rest of it. That's what you're thinking as a coach. We can teach him how to slide his feet. We can teach him how to stay in front of, of, of quick players and how to kind of play off and how to play and, and position himself better to not get blown by. The rest of it comes easier as long as you're willing to give that effort defensively, which some people simply are not willing to do that. Some people are simply not willing to lock in and engage every defensive possession the way that Precious is. So I love Precious's defense. I think he's a great hustle guy. I think he might be the best rebounder in this class, averaged over 10 rebounds a game in college. I think he might be the best rebounder that this class has to offer, which is still a, a huge asset for you and a huge asset for, asset for any team. He is athletic. He can he can run in transition. He fills the lane correctly every single time in transition. He knows where to go on the floor. He knows how to keep the offense in rhythm. Again, I think there's potential there to stretch the floor as a shooter. Uh, I would not really count on it, but I think there's potential there just based on his technique, right? He has not shown that ability to shoot yet at the college level. He was a, a poor uh, shooter from the line, which I always use as an indicator of if they can or cannot stretch the floor. So leaning towards cannot... But just the technicalities of it, just the technique, I do think he has that potential to be a shooter if given the time to grow into it. And for a rebuilding team, you would give him that flexibility. And it could never come. Again, a bad free throw shooter to me is always a bad sign about if he can stretch the floor and if he will ever grow into a three-point shooter. But he does have the technique down. His shot does not look awful. And we'll see what he can do. I do... Worry, though, my biggest concern in all this, right? It's not his cutting ability. It's not his ability to post up. It's not his ability to shoot in the mid-range game. I love his shot in the mid-range game. I don't think he can stretch it out to the three-point line, but I do love his mid-range game. My biggest red flag for him, and really my only red flag for him, once you're picking this low in the draft, he might be a good prospect for you. My biggest red flag is he turns the ball over so much that in the modern era, when you're going to dump it down low and want him to kick it out or want him to make the right read or want him to make the right pass to keep the offense flowing. You're going to want to have a guy who can play make at the, at the low block the way Darius Baisley can. Darius Baisley's best asset is playmaking. He is elite at playmaking. Truly elite. Precious does not know how to do that. If you dump it down to Precious, he's going to try to score because that's what he is comfortable with and that's what he can do because when he tries to pass, he just throws it away. He does. And that can be improved on, but he didn't he didn't make any improvement from game one to the last game of the season in college. He just didn't. When it comes to playmaking, he did not improve at all in college. He didn't adjust to college game. He didn't adjust to the defenses. He didn't adjust to any of that. So that tells me he probably won't. He probably will not make that change. This is who he is. He's a, he's a turnover machine at the low block. And if you do want to run that modern style, that's a big red flag for you because you're not going to be able to dump it down to him and have him keep the offense alive. If you dump it down to him, he's going to shoot. Now, he's a good rebounder, so if he misses, he's probably going to get his own rebound, but that's where your possession goes to die. And so that's why it's hard to project pressure to Oklahoma City, because it depends on what the coach is and who the coach is and what they want to do. If they're a coach who likes to run things through the big man, you're going to be looking at Darius Baisley's or small ball five, because he's such an elite playmaker. But 
if they're comfortable with Precious being that versatile defender after you after you coach him up defensively, and being that interior scorer, then he's pretty good. Precious Wachio is. Probably not saying his last name right, but he's pretty good. And I have him at number 19. And the the turnover thing, I think, is what's knocking him down a lot of people's sports. I really do. But I, I do think that there's still a role for him at the NBA level. I would put his ceiling, to me, as a fringe starter. I would put his floor as a role player. So low ceiling, high floor. Role player is pretty good, especially drafting this low in the draft. But I am not sure you're going to get much more than that. I'm just not. I mean, your other four guys would have to be incredible for him to be a good starter. I just worry so much about that playmaking ability. So that will conclude today's episode. We will continue the NBA Draft Big Board and finish it out tomorrow. 20 through 30 will be on tomorrow's show. And we will also talk about any breaking news that happens between now and then. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Email the show, hellothunderpod at gmail.com, or call in the show, 405-362-7128. There is no excuse not to have your voice heard on Locked on Thunder, especially about Chris Paul to the Lakers and how you would feel about that possible trade. So be good and be good to one another as we will see you tomorrow on your only Thunder podcast that happens every single day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.